Welcome back to Flip the Switch. I'm your host, Shana G. And this is the podcast dedicated to those that are going for their dream careers. Every single week, I chat to a different multi-hyphenate, someone who's going for all of their goals at once and building their dream career from the ground up. And today is someone that fits the bill perfectly. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Dr. Rebecca Jade. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) No worries. Welcome. I'm going to just dive straight in. So, Rebecca, what do you do? (laughs) So, I was saying to someone earlier that I actually kind of struggle with this question sometimes because I feel like I, yeah, I just need like an overarching sentence that explains what I do, but... I don't have one yet so I'm just gonna listen. <laughs> you're not <out>. there <laughs> not there That's quite fine. yet maybe next time um so I'm a medical doctor um, so I'm currently working in A&E in South London which is amazing but super crazy um I'm also a yoga teacher so I've been teaching for about five years now um and last year I started working with Nike as one of their yoga trainers um I'm a community founder so I have a community called Pana which is yoga and retreat centering the African diaspora which I love mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm also a DJ so much <laughs> I love that because there is a list but there's a little list. I feel like there's so much purpose and passion which we're gonna we're gonna get straight into that yeah. I wanted to talk about you being a multi-hyphenate in general and this word multi-hyphenate because when did you did you ever hear about it and realize oh okay that's actually me like yeah. I'm that person with the the list the shopping list Definitely. of my career I feel like it, it was maybe like a few years ago and it, it all comes from like podcasts when you start to like hear what other people are doing what other people are saying and I think it became quite like a millennial thing to yeah. be like you know what I'm not gonna be like the the one expert in one thing I'm just gonna do what I want and mm. explore my different passions like have those side hustles like it's, it's, it's quite a London thing as well to have London. it's like busy yeah busy in the best way <laughs> I think it was kind of like probably the era of like hustle culture mm. which luckily we're kind of moving away from that into like soft life rest culture I'm, I'm in my soft which, life yeah. right now <laughs> I'll be honest me too I was like is soft life yeah. um but this, it all kind of blossomed out probably of that sort of hustle culture era where everyone was just doing the most and it was exciting because it gave you that permission to explore whatever you wanted to do we didn't really see that growing up like my parents no. did one thing um and they just stuck to that became an expert in that and just did that their whole lives and um, you were like in one sometimes company yeah literally say 30 40 years yeah same with my parents it was that similar vibe they started their own businesses and I remember them giving in their notices for like companies they've worked for, for like 40 years and they were like oh my gosh like I'm doing my own thing now like I've given myself my own utility to just do whatever I want I felt like I was inspired by that in a way because when you see other people do it you're like well I can do that with kind of your journey of medicine and just everything in one shall we shall we kick off with the doctor side yeah let's let's go there and (laughs) was that university where it all kind of kicked off yeah so like doctoring you know, you, I, I went to medical school and medical school, you're just, you're just there for so long. So, so you kind of grow and change as a person during that period of medical school. But things definitely started with going to medical school because I kind of like straight out of school went into uni. Um, and yeah, I basically did about four years before I got to the point where I was like, I'm literally so burnt out and so tired of doing this one thing. And really had that itch to explore these other interests like I kind of grew up if I go way way back I grew up um in the countryside for like most of my childhood and 
There, there, there was nothing really to do. It was like, yeah, it's just nature. Yeah. There was not much going yeah, on except the co-op and the That's park. it. I was like, it's very beautiful. Like yeah. the nature is popping. But um, in terms of like culture and creativity and showing you what you can do with your life, like it doesn't really exist there mm-hmm. um, in the way that I wanted anyway. That's not to say for everyone. Yeah. So it was when I came to uni and I moved back to London that I started to be exposed to like all these different ways of existing and all these like incredible things that you could do with your life, with your spare time, with like, yeah, whatever. Um, and it was about four years in to medical school, which was kind of like, it was over, just over halfway for me, um, that I started to be like, you know what? I just need to jump off this conveyor belt yeah. and explore because the desire to do so and the kind of, you like break out of a box right? just to, yeah exactly and staying in that box I think was what was contributing to like my mental health suffering mm. um and to the burnout of mm. just not being able to yeah just explore that creativity and those different ways of resting so you had like this desire to do more would yeah. you say like did you did you feel like you could do better in life and like achieve so much more than say the career that one line could create because I find we like career ladders in a way like I studied a law degree and I was like my career ladder is only taking me to a solicitor and I don't know maybe a judge one day it's I was super like, narrow right yeah I was like <laughs> well I want to be a DJ <laughs> I was like I need to jump onto another career ladder so is that where that moment was that actually you are interested in multiple things yeah I think I just knew there was more to me and I hadn't had the space and time to explore it like you know I was at school went straight to uni was doing like this really intense degree where like you don't really get much space for anything else and I was like I don't even really know like who I am and what I'm interested in and I knew there was I wasn't going to be able to explore that and actually discover it while doing my existing life Mm -hmm. um and so kind of like I had about two years where I was like I think I need a break yeah and I was too scared to take it <laughs> oh my God, like take the jump like, to take the jump it. yeah because I was like no one else was doing it like when I was like okay I want to take a break from medical school like a complete yeah. break where like a whole year out I'm like looking around I'm like anyone else doing that <laughs> I'm like googling I'm like do people do this I was like I couldn't find anything oh God, so it wow. took me ages before I like built up the confidence to do it and I also kind of like probably hit a bit of a rock bottom with my yeah. mental health and things which I was like well there's nothing to lose now <laughs> yeah so the only way is up but anyways up and right? then like what did you feel like a bit of an outlier then like yeah definitely. no one else is doing this except for me definitely and like all my you know I took this time out all of my friends like continued on through medicine everyone's like so what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay to not know the answer to that question, right? Exactly. And like in hindsight, like I, I completely know that now because I'm like, well, the universe has a plan, yeah. I guess you can say. And by you just following your instinct of what feels right and what you need, it kind of leads you to the right place, even though you don't necessarily know what's on the horizon and where it's going to take you um but you know when you go to like uni for example especially medical school the plan is set in stone oh, yeah. it's like you've got this many years you've got to do these exams then you're going to be a doctor and then that's it that's mm-hmm. the plan for the whole life so you're good, good, you're good. Go. yeah you don't need to think about <laughs> anything you just gotta work hard and you'll make it um so I was like you know what I'm gonna do a complete like 180 and yeah. just jump into the unknown and see where it takes me. And it was just, it was one of the best decisions of my life. So what did you do then in that? 
kind of year like did you did you have a plan or was it like let's just explore and test and try things out and see what you're interested in or did were you already interested in the things that you're in now now you look back I knew I had an affinity for holistic health yeah I remember being like in my third year at medical school and we were on placements we were in the hospital and all anyone talked about was like medications Mm. surgeries like kind of proper modern medicine stuff and I was like what about nutrition what about like Mm. sleep what about you know mental health I was like why am I not hearing this anywhere um so I kind of knew I had this affinity more towards holistic health but I didn't really know what that looked like and who was doing it and how um so the only plan I had really for this year out was I was like I'm gonna do a solo trip okay (laughs) I'm gonna travel we love it (laughs) and I was too scared to do it at 18 like in between uni and school Mm -hmm. so I was kind of like 22 at the time I was like right this is my time I'm gonna go to an island off the coast of Panama and just be there for two months and just kind of see what happens um which was like super random but (laughs) you gotta find yourself somehow yeah you gotta find it somewhere it just might happen to be Central America um So yeah, I went there and I ended up living with some yoga teachers and that was my first exposure to what yoga like really was beyond like, oh, it's like stretching and yeah, it's just. That's the thing. I feel like yoga, I don't feel like anyone really understands it and its origins and truly what it means. Definitely. So when you, when you met these amazing yoga teachers that did that then inspire you to want to be one or to just actually just do it as a hobby you know like just enjoy it as a practice I think it inspired me to learn more about what it was because as you said like most people if you go to yoga class in London you don't really get a full picture of what yoga is you get okay you get the movement you're probably sweating because most of us do like dynamic vinyasas in London (laughs) (laughs) but you don't start to learn necessarily about like the eight limbs and like the ethical moral codes and the sensory like withdrawal and all that stuff so it was only by living with people who were passionate about that and started they would you know saying different terms and different like different elements of it and I'm like oh what's like what's that I've like never heard of this um so you're like curious I was curious Yeah. yeah and obviously I was really fortunate you know that I was I was volunteering at this like sort of beach hostel to pay my way there and part of like what I got for volunteering was I had access to the yoga classes and it was this platform overlooking the ocean like in the mid kind of like in the jungle yeah yeah. that sounds amazing yeah so I was like okay I was fortunate that that obviously created an experience which was quite transformative um when I'm in this headspace of being burnt out and really struggling and searching for a bit more understanding about myself and how Mm -hmm. to move forward. That space and time to dive into a yoga practice and the support to understand what it is beyond the physical asana Mm -hmm. um, was just, was just really magical. And I just feel really grateful because it was, you know, a bit of a coincidence yeah. that it all just worked out I didn't go looking for um like a yoga practice or yoga teachers um I was just really lucky that it was where I was and I was able to embrace it and it's so interesting though how you happen to choose that particular place and then that offered that 
particular yoga like yeah everything does truly happen for a reason that brought you and inspired you to then go on to that yeah. which is incredible I always find the weird ways that the universe can work I know that's why I always say to people I was like just trust that the universe has a plan for you because when you just keep following what feels right you just end up in the right places yeah. with the right people um you don't have to put too much pressure on it either, that's really. it I was like don't force it yeah, like, trust that it's gonna happen because like even going to uni I found that even though I did a law degree and I was like oh shit I don't want to <laughs> do this I happened to be at a uni that had a really good like radio station and a really good DJ society and I was like mm -hmm. amazing I was into baseline at the moment and UK, <laughs> and UK garage but it was a big scene at yeah. that point and that inspired me to then go and DJ mm. so it's like interesting how all of these things are working for you that's it which is amazing so I'm glad that you found that yeah. And then you, when did it, when did it actually, I guess from that point, you found this interest, mm -hmm. you're curious about it, like you wanted to find out more and you just enjoyed doing it. I guess going from yoga as being a curious, like partaking in it in a class to an instructor, mm -hmm. how has that been? Because <laughs> do you know, like when you just enjoy something, especially as a hobby anyway, like going and attending classes to actually doing the classes yourself yeah that's quite a big jump it is and has it been like is it what you expected as well I think I didn't really have strong expectations I think because I you know before I went away and sort of found the practice I didn't really have any friends that did yoga I didn't have like a yoga studio that I was going to. So I didn't really have all these like preconditioned mm -hmm. views around how yoga should be for me and what it should look like. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like a, a place of discovery for the practice and also how I wanted the practice to exist in my life. And um, when I sort of left and came back to London, I was like, right, okay, I need to find myself a yoga studio, which feels like right for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, yoga studios are very expensive in London. So again, I was like volunteering in places to kind of just like pay my way. And I was lucky I found a studio in Peckham, mm -hmm. which I just really resonated with. It was like super chilled, very like it was family owned, um, like a little bit more diverse, not massively, mm -hmm. but... <laughs> Tiny, 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 tiny bit more. <laughs> so you felt a bit more at home as I well. I felt like a little bit space. more at home, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I was sort of volunteering there for a while. And I had a year off and I was looking at the time I had left and I was feeling like, you know, I wanted yoga to be something which stayed consistent in my life. And I was like, the minute I go back to medical school, it's just going to fall off yeah, because of there's no time, there's no energy, you know, I was like, I know myself and I know that if I want to be consistent with something and stay involved, I have to work in that space. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I think I want to do my teacher training. It's probably way too early to do it because most people are like, I did yoga for eight years before I did my teacher training. Oh, wow, okay. And I'd have been doing it for like maybe consistently for probably like less than a year. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I'm looking at my life and I'm looking at what I want and I've got the time right now. I've got the savings. Yeah. 
And so I kind of just took a leap of faith and I was like, I might not teach on the other side of it. You never know what's going to happen, but I just feel like this is something I'm gravitating towards and um, it's scary, but we're just going to go and do it. And (laughs) it sounds like that year was really fundamental. Honestly, the way my life changed (laughs) from that year. In the best way as well. Exactly. There was a lot of clarity, it seems, that seems to be coming from this year of like, one solo travel in general I think is such a good way of like understanding more about yourself but then two finding this like being like driven driven and attracted towards yoga and then becoming an instructor like like taking the plunge to become an instructor is it's a huge step as well because you're committing then I don't know how long how long is a yoga like certificate and training is that a long time so it's like a month okay wow so it's all in yeah it's all (laughs) in you can do it like over say nine months where you do weekends and then like a two-week residential but as I had the time so I was like I want to go in and just like dive deep and I was go like how to go home how right? to go home man <laughs> and I was like what an incredible experience as well to spend a whole month like you know coming from a medical background where all we do is like study medicine yeah. uh, the chance to go away and study something completely different for a whole month and really like dive so deep um I was like that's amazing because <laughs> it's really interesting like I guess going from doctor which is scientific anatomy focused mm. to yoga which is more holistic and and is spiritual though as well it is. how have you found that because they must connect so much but also be very different yeah as well it's really interesting because when I speak to people about it almost half the people would be like wow, those things are like so different. And the other half are like, well, they're like the same, you know? And I was like, they are the same in a way. It's same, same, but different, right? (laughs) Because they are both working towards the same goal, but from completely different angles. Like they're both working to essentially make you feel well and to come back to your best self Mm -hmm. or your higher self, but from different angles, different techniques, different sort of, you know, yeah. Could, you, could you explain what Raja Yoga is to someone that wouldn't understand it? Because I was giving it a Google <laughs> <laughs> before and it seems so actually complex with when you add all of the different limbs yeah. to it and then the origins. There was even like um, differences with what like websites were saying of the origins yeah. and even of the meaning of Raja Yoga. So I'd love to hear like what, what it means to you as well as what it is. <laughs> yeah. So yoga is like... It is complex Mm -hmm. because it's an ancient practice which has so many different limbs, so many different practitioners, so many different styles. So if you Google it, like there's a lot there. It was quite overwhelming. (laughs) It's hard to figure (laughs) out. Um, And I, I also think that every individual person has their own experience of yoga and their own practice will probably tell you something a little bit different also. And so the word yoga comes from the word yoke, which is union. And so you can kind of take your own interpretation of what union is. And for me, it's very much about the union of the self and the higher self, like the conscious and the subconscious. And Raja Yoga has eight limbs. And most of us are familiar with like the asana practice, which is like the physical postures. Um, and most of us, when we first discover yoga, think that's kind of like as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. Whereas actually this is the tip of the iceberg. In a it's way. kind of the tip of the iceberg, exactly. And within these eight limbs, you have sort of concentration, meditation and uh, yamas and yamas, which are kind of ethical and moral codes and um, withdrawal of the senses. So 
there's so much there to explore and you have um, breath as well, mm -hmm. pranayama. Um, and I think it's when I started to discover all these different layers that exist, that was where the sort of the fascination came from. Um, and what I love sharing with people about yoga is that there's something for everyone. So even if you're someone who has very poor mobility, there's all these other limbs of yoga that you can benefit from and explore wow. and enjoy that doesn't even need to be the physical practice. And so when I meet people and they're like, oh, you know, like, I don't really think yoga is for me. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, come, let's have a chat about yeah, it yeah. or come to a class and try it or okay, you didn't like this teacher, try a different teacher because they'll offer you something completely different. So um, that everyone has an idea in their head of what yoga is mm, really. Because wellness in general, you see that kind of like well-being so white narrative a lot. Yeah. Like how have you found that? And when did that lead to Pana as well? <laughs> and like creating a safe space and an inclusive space? Yeah, I think I was fortunate that this experience of discovering yoga in Panama kind of helped me to form my own relationship with the practice and then I got back to London I was like wow yeah I'm I'm always the only person of color in these classes oh, was it always oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> as in teaching or as a goer but at the beginning just as a student mm -hmm. and then it became as a teacher also oh, okay um and I was fortunate that you know the the studio I practiced at was so welcoming and like so lovely and I did feel at home there, but there was always something missing. Mm. And it was always something that you can't not notice when you're in a class and you're the only person that looks like you. Of course, yeah. Um, I feel like it's something that you clock, don't you? Yeah, It's like definitely. sometimes just something like, oh, okay, especially like I'm in the investment space and yeah there's it's there's not many women and there's not many women of color and so when you're around the area you're kind of like oh okay like I see it yeah <laughs> like I don't exactly. know what to do about it right now but I see it but I see it and I feel it as <laughs> yeah. well um I feel that slight separation mm. and when it comes to healing spaces and spiritual spaces as well the connection you have with the teacher and the energy in the room is really really important and when I'm practicing in a space where my community is there with me, the way I can relax is different. And the way I can connect with a teacher mm -hmm. is, is probably different. I knew there was something missing for me in that practice. And the idea kind of started to come through. I was like, you know, I just, I want to even just do an event and like make a space where people feel welcome and something that was quite funny when I started teaching yoga is I started teaching in the park and I was teaching to reggae music because oh, wow. I was like, I just want to play music that is true to me mm -hmm. um, and that I love and makes me feel peaceful. And I have, I, you know, I grew up listening to reggae, so it was reggae. <laughs> and I was like, it's not very conventional, but it's just me. And I love that because it's against the grain and it's, but it's true yeah, and authentic to you. That's it. I was like, I'm not trying to do something like trendy or like, whatever I was like it's just the music that makes me feel calm and creates an environment that hopefully is welcoming to my community and the people that I want to enjoy the class with um and so the first events that sort of came through with Pana was Dub Garden Yoga and Picnic which oh, cool. was we would just go to the park and part of that was because 
I couldn't necessarily afford to hire a space (laughs) in London. Parks are free. free. And so it meant I could just be like five pounds donation if you want to come and enjoy this class. If you've never tried yoga, don't worry, because we're just going to play reggae and we're going to have Caribbean food afterwards. And then you can just try the yoga if you Mm. want to. Like it's just one part of this occasion where we can all come together rather than, okay, it's all about the yoga. And if you don't like yoga, it's not really for you. Um, so it's really accessible and inclusive then exactly it's not too much pressure on it because yeah sometimes it can be quite intense yeah it's actually intimidating if you've never done it before and then you can kind of bring a friend it's chill it's relaxed <laughs> so you created that like crafted that environment then essentially yeah and I'm like you know I can't really remember how intentional that was or if it was just me doing what felt right in the moment um but I look back and be like Yeah, that was really my way to make sure that the people who I wanted to come and enjoy that space to hopefully enjoy those benefits, which I've been enjoying from yoga, that's what's going to make them feel welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of my favorite things to do is to bring people into yoga who have never tried it before or don't think it's for them and to be like, no, 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 like, let me show you an experience which I think you'll connect with, which might be different to what either you're like assumed yeah view of yoga is or what your previous experience of yoga have been so it's like Um, challenging preconceptions as well yeah as well as creating a safe space as well as being inclusive and it's like all the things that you wish in a way that you had exactly as well as just being yourself which is amazing because that's hard to do and actually I guess when you look at other yoga teachers did you want to kind of did you compare yourself at any moments yeah definitely like when I first started teaching as well I would go to classes and be like okay so you're like a successful yoga Mm -hmm. teacher your class is full you're good at what you do you're doing it like this so I should probably do it like that too (laughs) if I want to be it's like the blueprint it's like that's working so I should do that exactly um And then I realized, actually, I'm not like you. We're not the same. And what I love and what I'm interested in and the people I want to come to class is not necessarily the same as you. So then I was like, oh, man, now I have to figure out myself. (laughs) And that's way harder than just copying (laughs) someone else. And then you become like becoming a founder even as well. Like, how was that for you? Just starting your own thing? Yeah. Because again, that's another huge, huge leap to do. It's it's happened so organically over the last sort of three years that it's quite nice because I've kind of just built up that skill set. There wasn't really the intention of being a community founder. It was, yeah. I want to teach yoga and I want to teach it to my community mm-hmm. and I want to create a space which like they're going to feel comfortable in. And I think the crux of it for me is that I loved event planning. Like I loved event curation and design. Organized. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very organized. You're a spreadsheet, spreadsheet gal. <laughs> I am a Notion <laughs> spreadsheet gal. My Google calendar is time blocked, oh. color coded. Yeah. <laughs> We're speaking the same language. I love it. It's just so necessary. If you want to do lots of things, yeah. it's just a necessary mm-hmm. part of the process um so yeah I loved I just love creating these spaces and experiences for people and over the years you realize that the same people start coming back mm-hmm. again and again and you really like have a bond with each other and enjoy having these experiences mm-hmm. together and then before you know it, you're like oh I, actually, I have a community yeah, like you built this. <laughs> yeah I built this and People love being a part of it. And then I realized I'm like, it's not about me. Mm. Um, People are coming for the community and don't even necessarily know who I am, which is great because it's not about me, the yoga teacher now. 
it's about this space where people feel welcome and people they needed it because yeah, it didn't yeah. exist elsewhere mm-hmm. um but that i think that's the best community yeah when the founder necessarily isn't front and center yeah and actually the community just see it as theirs as Definitely. well like even sometimes that yeah they don't even know who the founder is because they're just so happy and at <laughs> one and feel like connected mm-hmm. with everyone in there so you created everything that you you wanted which is amazing yeah and and i assume like like, like friendships were then formed out of what you've created because i know you said you create retreats as well yeah and they're like a long time i guess to spend with others as well but they're so like-minded and bring those people together is such a beautiful thing honestly it's so beautiful and the last retreat we did was in kenya in november and we went for like a post-retreat reunion dinner a couple weeks ago and it was just so cute (laughs) it's so nice that you what you literally created though that moment that stage for the friendships to blossom yeah and I guess it's really meaningful connections as well that must have been formed it is I think retreats are such uh they're just like a really magical experience I sound a bit like cringy saying that (laughs) but they just are um because as you said you have a group of people that come together like some of them maybe kind of know each other most of them don't some people come completely on their own which is just so brave and such a leap of faith and you're, co- you're taken to a country that you've never been to before to experience like a whole practice and journey, which I've had the honor of creating. And for some people, it's the first ever yoga class they've done is on the retreat as well. So there's so many new things happening all the time. And as you said, like the bonds that are created across this week together are just so beautiful and the people that gravitate to that space I have to be really trusting when I open the retreat out Mm -hmm. to the world that the right people are going to gravitate to it because you can't control who books on necessarily like I do have some hurdles that people have to jump over in terms of registering interest but uh, you just have to trust the process and with everything I do whether it's DJing whether it's yoga whether it's you know, supper clubs, it's all about creating an experience for people where Mm. they feel connected to other people. They feel more connected to themselves. They're maybe learning something about black culture and just having a nice time. That's always kind of the crux of it. Just Just having a nice time. time. That's so beautiful. (laughs) You found the kind of golden thread Mm because I do find with every multi-hyphenate, whether they realize it or not, there always is this like long running thread. And if that is connection, like that is beautiful that you can now name it and then it can help you with future kind of skills that you want to add on, you know, future sh- like strings to your bow in the, uh, which you're going to add, which is amazing. But speaking of kind of responsibility that you talked, we kind of little t- touched upon, especially like with things like building a community and having responsibility for yourself to show up. How have you balanced it all? Reality versus <laughs> sometimes we think that we do have a lot more control, but sometimes it's really difficult. Like even before we were kind of talking about how you have to be so careful with burnout when you are juggling a million and one things and want to do so much in your life. Mm. So have you had how have you built that relationship with, with balance? Um and how is it for you right now? Oh, me and balance. <laughs> <laughs> is it a toxic relationship? <laughs> It's just, it's a constant working relationship. Um, And it's been, it's been a difficult one. Mm. Um, As I said, kind of, you know, when I was in medical school, 
I spent most of that burnt out and really struggling. Um, I took the time out from medical school and I was like, I'm free. I'm going to be yeah. so relaxed. And then I started Panna and then got burnt out. And I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> it's not necessarily medicine or the external factor. It's my relationship with work and what I'm doing. Um, and it is difficult maintaining balance. I think when it's something which is at the forefront of your mind and you understand the importance of it in terms of your ability to reach your full potential, Mm-hmm. you prioritize it so much more. And I think it took me so many cycles of burnout to get to the point where I was like, uh, okay, so when I'm well rested, I do things way better. I'm still, I'm decisive. I'm more creative. Yeah. I have better relationships. I was like, okay, so working, <laughs> working, working. Yeah. I was like, oh, it took me a few years, but um, we oh, got yeah. there. <laughs> you have to sometimes go through that though. That's it. It's like, I remember when I was so burnt out and I had constant brain fog, mm. no creativity, like it all went and I'm quite a creative, like naturally person. Yeah. I was like, I can't even think. And I just, I was like, something has to be done right now. Exactly. And from then I was like, I'll never, do you know, like each time you burn out, you burn out a little bit less, I seem to find. Yeah. Because you know your boundaries that little bit more. Yeah. And I was checking on about this recently. I was like, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And while obviously it's not good to burn out, it's not good to have poor mental health episodes. These things do happen and they're all chances to learn more about what you need, Mm -hmm. what you need more of, what you need less of, what those boundaries are, what the progression of burnout looks like for you. So now I have a really good understanding of those really early stages of burnout. So rather than waiting to the point where I'm like, yeah bedridden Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it just kind of crept up on you because you didn't see it coming I know those early stages and I'm like okay you're waking up an hour earlier than you normally do and that's a sign Mm -hmm. so now you need to start putting in these strategies right now before it gets any worse because we've been there before and we ain't going back yeah exactly (laughs) it's like being kind to yourself like you're like okay I worked a bit later yeah I say like times when you work late and you're, you're you're kind of on your laptop till 10 maybe you don't need to get up at 6 a.m and yeah. do your workout then maybe you just push everything a little bit and just be kind to yourself and flexible because I guess that is another thing with being kind of self-employed and being able to craft your own career yeah we have that luxury but we don't always utilize that luxury that's we? it I think I I really work hard to design my life Mm -hmm. in the way I want to while I'm like okay I have goals that I want to work towards I also think how do I want to exist every single day what do I want my day to look like because if I'm not liking my day to day there's an issue regardless of the goals that I'm working (laughs) towards and then when it comes to where you are now with your dream career Mm. would you say that you're there like would you say would you describe what you're in right now as your dream career I would say that I'm living my dream life in terms of the way it's designed. Wow. And I think something I'm really aware of is that we get loads of fulfillment and satisfaction from working towards our goals. When we actually reach our goals, we don't necessarily feel as happy as we thought we would because it's the working towards them that gives us that fire and that drive Mm -hmm. and that love and that passion. And so I'm like, in terms of the goals I'm trying to reach, I'm not necessarily anywhere near them. 
But the way my life looks and is designed and the way I'm existing is what I love doing. It's having that diversity across my week. It's finding that balance between medicine, yoga, music, the community, um, having them all work harmoniously. And it's taken me so long to get to that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes glamorize it, isn't it? Like you you look back and you're like, I've done it. But actually the journey was challenging. It's really never challenging. easy, is it? Yeah. But I love that you said that because... Do you know, like sometimes when you look at your goals and like this year, even I have the same goals as last year. Mm. And I was like, wait a sec, like, have I even moved? I at, actually like, found the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and but actually what I've now come to realize that dreams are just like directions. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I know I want to be on those kind of countless directions and I just want to grow each year. And it's not about trying to achieve them necessarily right now they'll happen won't they yeah exactly. at some point and if you keep working towards them rather than being like really upset that you haven't achieved them definitely it's so difficult it's and you yeah. can be so hard on ourselves when we have we look back at our mood board and we're like we're not there <laughs> i'm not there yet but actually it's a journey you've got to trust it that's it and that goalpost can always move as well mm. um so sometimes you know that that fixation of like i'll be happy when i'll be happy if can lead to a, a life where we're not happy yeah. at all. So I kind of keep telling myself, what are the things that you want to be doing day to day, week to week, which is going to be make you look at your life and be like, that was great. Yeah. I had a good time. I I tried different things. I stepped out of my comfort zone. I met amazing people. And what are the things that I'm going to be grateful for rather than a fixation on an end goal which is very difficult to achieve and it's yeah. a long road. We're always chasing something, right? Yeah. Whether it's a promotion or a business or like a money milestone, like one of <laughs> a million pounds or whatever it is. And then, yeah, you can be so wrapped up in it and you just got to enjoy it. Like I have in my goal list, literally like enjoy the process, mm -hmm. like have fun along the way. I'm like, are you having fun? Because <laughs> we want to have fun. And actually, That's it. otherwise you're going to look back and be like, I was so tunnel vision. I didn't even get to just you know like revel in the fact that you know you've created the life you wanted all along yeah and that's with like the community events I do yeah. I was like you created these events because it was lacking for mm. you you didn't have that in your life so if you're not enjoying them then well, what, we, what are we doing here <laughs> yeah, why are we doing yeah <laughs> obviously it's for the community as well it's for people so I want them to have a good time but it's also for me yeah. um and I don't want to be doing these things at the expense of my own happiness mm -hmm. and my own happiness um and then bringing everything together now um with the DJing because I saw like even a recent like Instagram story where you kind of brought everything together when you were on Ableton like coming up with <laughs> like a track for say your meditations for yoga like so I really love how you use all of the skills across every aspect so how has it been with DJing and how do you then implement and add that into your life as well yeah it's taken me so many years to figure out how these things all mesh together and DJing was one of the key ones I was like how does this work because DJing and being a doctor and teaching yoga are very different disciplines um and for a long time I was sort of just DJing at events DJing for brands um which was like really really good fun but I wanted to find a way to bring mm -hmm. yoga and music more together because for me they worked so well and um yeah, they 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 worked together in a way which I knew they elevated the experience I was offering, but I didn't really know how to articulate it or to get that across to mm -hmm. other people. Um, so initially it was kind of just through the playlist that I was using 
in my yoga classes. And then I started to dive more into how music actually affects our nervous system yeah. and how breath can connect to music and the two can work together to affect our nervous system. Wow. And it's actually really amazing that you can basically connect your breath to a certain BPM, which can regulate your nervous system and shift it into the parasympathetic, which is like our rest and digest. Mm. And so you can use that in the experience you create in person where I'll create a mix, which has a specific beat per minute mm -hmm. to regulate the breath across that whole hour, for example. And that can then hold your nervous system in a certain activation and then transform the way you feel. Wow. It's quite cool, isn't it? That's mind blowing. That's actually mind blowing. <laughs> and so I think there's What's like, the BPM? Is there a magic BPM? Yeah, it's around 60. <laughs> oh, it's around okay. 60. And that's around like eight breaths per minute. Wow. And that is optimal for holding you in that rest and digest mm -hmm. state of the nervous system. Whereas when you start breathing quicker, and building up loads of energy and heat, you start to move into your sympathetic, which is kind of like your stress response. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty so, cool. Yeah, so music and yoga is so intertwined because mm. you never actually think about it, but actually, yeah, the music part is so important. Do you mix that kind of music then like slower, relaxed stuff or do you love the rave? Like tell <laughs> me more about how you've then brought djing and just like your love of music into your life as well mm. because you know like even when you go to a rave you're also kind of working because you might be like oh i love that track yeah <laughs> i'm gonna say that for later yeah. you know like it's actually quite hard being it an is. artist in general like yeah the boundaries get blurred a lot yeah man i love the rave <laughs> for me like that's where my friends and i have always connected to each other like with djs with just that movement and that freedom and that expression that you get from being on the dance floor and there being an incredible DJ that's creating that environment for you. So I started going to festivals when I was like 15. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a, it's been a long it's journey a long for journey. me and music. Um, <laughs> so it's been really exciting over the past couple of years to have that shifting relationship with music and seeing how do I actually bring it into those elements of wellness and introduce it because there's a lot of people that don't go raving and mm. don't really love that environment um and that's totally fair yeah like for me I agree I love the rave and just like it's a permission to kind of be free mm. and like let loose like listen to some amazing djs and like support like the incredibest talent I suppose exactly. I actually love the smaller kind of intimate stuff a lot more and like rather than the drum sheds <laughs> stuff can be quite overwhelming but I love that that you've found that also a way of release not just another way to monetize mm. because there is that constant kind of multi-hyphenate um way of thinking where you're like okay another thing to monetize let's add yeah. that and then let's add that and then you don't actually have anything for yourself anymore as just a bit of fun exactly and I think music for me is that is my one thing where I don't put too much focus and pressure mm -hmm. on it, making money and monetizing. Like if I get, if I do DJ gigs, yeah. perfect, great. But if I don't for four months, that's fine also. Yeah. It's there for the love of doing it. And one of the things I love about having these different things that I do is these different income streams is that 
you know, medicine is always there. It's the stability for me, which I'm really grateful for to to pay my rent and my mm, bills. Yeah. And then something like DJing can have that freedom of me going all in when I have the time and energy and love and passion. And then when I need it to kind of settle mm. down for a moment because my energy is elsewhere, that can happen too. And it's just me listening to Spotify in the morning with my Rise and Shine playlist. And <laughs> it's just, it can be a very personal relationship with it rather than something which is like the hustle inside. Yeah, you can just enjoy music as music. And yeah. then, yeah, if you make some money out of it and do some gigs, great. great. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I'm exactly the same in that kind of point. So thank you so much, Rebecca. Where can we find you on social and connect? Join, go to a yoga class. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on Instagram mainly, uh, Rebecca Zena Jade. And then the community is Panna um, and the handle is wear.panna, P-A-N-A. Amazing, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs>